0: Oh, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the Tardis podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Aurora.
1: And I'm Looming.
0: And this week we are discussing uh, Series Nine episodes um, Eleven and Twelve, Heaven Sent and Hell Bent by Steven Moffat, uh, which together comprise the two-part finale for Series Nine um heaven sent is obviously uh very well regarded um heaven sent uh, hellbent a little bit less so um however uh at least two out of three of us are very much willing to extol the virtues of hellbent here on this podcast Um, And in general, in general, we can agree that this is a very strong series finale.
1: Yeah, I I think we definitely like had been holding off on just like saying um, Hellbent was definitely good just because we didn't remember it too well. But rewatching it now, it's definitely like, oh, yeah, this is a good episode. Um, You know, I think it's not as just absolutely like clockwork. Haha, as Heaven Sent um but it there's an emotional core there and i think the episode works even if it's not as tight and it's a little all over the place um i think it's fine like i think it's pretty good yeah
2: yeah i've I've come around i am a uh i agree with some of the points i guess i you could say i'm the lay reddit radical centrist of of uh (laughs) again yeah again was
0: um Back in the 70s, uh, during the height of his, um, arrogance and probably alcohol abuse, uh, Tom Baker was very adamant about the fact that he didn't need a companion and he could just do the show by himself, um... And I've watched The Deadly Assassin, which is, like, I think the episode where he does just do it by himself. I mean, there's, there's more cast members in, in that than there is in this by, by a wide margin. But I've watched that, and from what I remember, I was not that impressed. So I don't know if he was actually right. This episode, however, does conclusively prove that Peter Capaldi can carry 50 minutes of television entirely by himself.
2: There's like one scene with Jenna Louise Coleman as a Clara. Projecting. It's it's like three no, lines. Yeah. It's three. Yeah, lines. it's it barely counts as a scene. It's more of a moment, and the rest is yeah him either acting off of the scenery around him or the like corpse dream fear monster whatever the fuck that is. It's it's genuinely yeah. impressive.
0: Literally, literally, just a creature from yeah. nightmares. That's it. Um uh so yeah, um so yeah, uh leaving off from last week, uh you know, kind of opens with it it opens very uh unassumingly kind of uh opens up with the doctor being teleported in uh and to this mysterious castle and just trying to figure out uh what's going on from there. And from there, it just morphs into a 50-minute long uh, exploration of grief and Peter Capaldi just absolutely flexing all of his uh, acting muscles and, you know, Rachel Talalay pulling out all the stops. Obviously, we say this a lot this era, but yeah no this episode does look fantastic this is one where i very consciously went i am going to throw this up on my big tv and not like watch it on my phone or or something i'm I'm going to you know get the full full experience throw it on the 4k display turn the sound system up
1: I meanwhile we're watching on one two three movies in the shittiest quality yeah.
2: <laughs> and porn ads on the side hey, of course whatever. of course <laughs> whatever gets whatever gets the job done yeah um yeah yeah there's just there's a lot of stunning camera choices and light choices Mm -hmm. that don't exactly feel like avant-garde or new but they're just like classically like they set they set the tone very well and even moments that are like clear cgi like the like the clockwork castle going around still like there still manages to be like a sense of scale in how 12 is just like completely isolated and alone it's just like one minuscule aspect of this gargantuan like space that he's found himself trapped in it's very effective
1: yeah it's really interesting because i feel like you had like similar sort of settings um but like for brief scenes like um I'm thinking about the the ghost mansion episode where the doctor ends up in like the, the parallel dimension for like a few minutes. And that's sort of like a few minutes where 11 is really carrying that scene. But this is like sort of the doctor in isolation, but for a whole episode. And I think it's, it's, it's sort of like similar things to what they've done in previous episodes, but just sort of scaling it up and really letting 12 just like go off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Like I I I think it it I'm I'm it's interesting too, because it watching the episode it also makes you think about like because of the fact that it is just twelve talking to himself this entire time, it also feels like that much the visuals that much more of a flex because without other characters to fill the void and just kind of a very loose mystery box plot that's kind of filled in with all these these musings and stuff the way that things are shot and the the visual presentation of it kind of has to fill in the gaps it's it's almost like i okay you want to know you want to know a thought that I had while watching this that is so on brand for me and will probably make Lumine laugh really hard. This is the end of Evangelion of Doctor Who.
1: What?
2: <laughs> let's go.
0: I let's listen, I was very it remind it just reminded me a lot of like the second half of that movie where it just kind of goes much more abstract and Highly visual, as as it very much kind of strips
1: down to just focusing on Shinji. All right, sure. You know what? This is <laughs> this is the doctor's end of Evangelion. I, I, I believe you. Listen, listen. If someone edited fucking calm
0: sister Todd over this, it would work great. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: Fucking comes to certado over the the fucking uh, revival montage, <laughs> just like yes, him, yeah. That is him,
0: exactly what I was. Thinking. Him
1: pounding that
0: is exactly the. What I, he starts punch. He starts punching it, and the piano kicks in. I
1: wish. Fuck,
0: I might. I might I have could to,
1: turn I, back I, I time. Might, I might have to do that this week. I might have to do that. Okay tumbling down tumbling down tumbling down i
0: i might i might have to crack out crack open my copy of final cut pro <laughs> and do that this week all but...
1: right i i look forward to it um <laughs> yeah yeah it this episode is really interesting because i i feel like you know obviously the 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 setting itself is very metaphorical for him being like trapped in his own head about stuff Mm -hmm. because ultimately what the episode is about is just sort of like he's coming off of a big grief and just like on an abstract or on Mm -hmm. like a symbolic level, he's replaying those events over and over and over again in his head as he faces his own like inevitable end the same way Clara does. And he's sort of just like put into Mm -hmm. that same parallel position and he just keeps, but unlike Mm -hmm. Clara, he just sort of keeps reliving it over and over and over again. But him being Mm -hmm. the doctor and not Clara, it's all about, how he ultimately builds his way out of that and
0: yeah 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 no go ahead
1: and and just sort of like within that it's all just about examining the doctor as a character like where is he at now and just the way because because he keeps going back into like his own little mind zone which is the TARDIS. Yeah. But specifically the,
0: the mind palace thing that he totally stole from Sherlock. No. Okay. He just picked it up from his other show and put it in here. No, 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 I will. I will be real. I think it does work here and I like it here. I believe my exact wording that I posted in this discord um, is fuck you, Stephen Moffat for doing something good with the dumb Sherlock mind palace shit. <laughs>
1: Okay, but I But he does do
0: something good with no,
1: it No, he does I didn't know this was a Sherlock thing I was watching these episodes with someone And she was like, oh, like from Sherlock And I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a Sherlock thing I just thought <laughs> Yeah, no, it's irrelevant it really But is. yeah, no, and like specifically I think it's a point that the Mayan Palace is obviously um, The TARDIS with Clara being there um, mm-hmm. And it's just sort of it, it gives the opportunity to have the Doctor Like bounce off himself And just the way he has, you know, his Clara headmate running around for him to bounce off of. Yeah.
0: It's so evocatively shot, too, with her back to the camera the entire time until the very Mm -hmm. end.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's really interesting because the the lighting, the colors, and and sort of the the cinematography in in the Mind Palace, the TARDIS Mind Palace, is, like, Mm -hmm. very different from sort of the outside. And I think it just offers Mm -hmm. a different... It offers an interesting juxtaposition, is what I would say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also neat that, like, the juxtaposition of the storytelling, it's like there's... Never did I feel like the Doctor, like, constantly, like, expositing or talking about his feelings or his processes felt, like, contrived in any way. First of all, because, like, 12 is among the more rambly doctors in general. And second of all, he's, like, in that headspace, literally in the Mind Palace... Where he's still talking to Clara, or at least that's how he, like, keeps himself sane processing all this information, is if he was just, like, on another adventure or in the TARDIS, like, talking it through with her. Um, I think that's really, like, clever and useful because, you know, if, if this was done poorly, it could just come off as, like, oh, they're just, you know, using the TARDIS set because that saves money and they already have it. But it's, like, never does that thought that's, like, so cynical... And probably also true. (laughs) Never does that cross your mind. Um, I think one striking, like, the use of, like, Clara and just having her back to him and the chalkboard, that's great. But I remember this one shot so distinctly where he's, like, sort of trying... He's starting to break down and realize the situation he's in. And the camera just slowly backs up as he's, like, alone in this massive space that, you know, you don't really normally think of the console room is that big, but he's just, like, one small part on the stairs, and he's, like, you feel that aloneness with him, and that's, again, you know, props to Rachel Talalay for, like, like, communicating that at multiple times throughout the story, and never, like, being... Lazy's not the right word, but never being, like, content to be like, oh, okay, we've shown this enough. It's just, like, it's woven yeah. in through, like, every scene in the episode.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, you pointed that out, gives yeah. me a really interesting thought, because there's a similar sort of moment in the, like, outside as well. Like, when he sort of gets, um, he gets to the, sort of the, the outside of the castle, and it just, like, it zooms out, and you see that he's just, like, completely alone <laughs> in an ocean. Yeah. And, I think that's sort of like conveying the same thing. Like the state of his mind is the same as the state of like his physical zone. Pretty much is that he's just like completely isolated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and like it's Moffat definitely has like a tendency because he is, I don't want to say pretentious, but he has a bit of like ooh i'm i'm so smart i'm a smart boy look at me i'm so smart uh but like and sometimes that's grating but i feel like all the times that he does it here it's better like the fucking the line that he has where um uh the line that he has is, uh, the di- like the day you lose someone isn't the worst. At least you've got something to do. It's all the days they stay dead. Fucking kicks the ass to that stupid one division quote. Uh,
2: what is grief if not love persevering? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible Paul Bettany impression. Um, but yeah, no, I going alongside of that. It hit me probably around the time when like when 12 is running around the castle and explaining like, I can get a maximum of 82 minutes. Like, yeah, I think it was at that point where I was just like, I think the difference between like normal Moffat cleverness and this is that it feels like Mm -hmm. complicated and clever and like a very classic sci-fi, like almost, almost like twilight zone way because i could picture yeah. i could picture a twilight zone episode of like this guy who's had a really complicated life and you find out through the episode that like this palace that he's trapped in is like all about like his own fears and trying to confront his own like grief or trauma or whatever before going into the afterlife or some other some other thing it's just it's a very human yeah. universal story that again, sort of plays to those classic Twilight Zone, um, I don't know, fears and conceits that really revolve around a central aspect of of humanity. And I think that's why, like, again, I think that's why the cleverness doesn't, like, annoy me, or it's, there's never a moment where I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's some Stephen Moffat writing. Because it, it is, but it's also, like, yeah, again, evocative of that, like, grander like more simple kind of sci-fi tradition like i could this is a doctor who story but it's also like you could put anyone who's not the doctor and is experiencing and is like grappling with trauma and it's like it's still a pretty fucking great story um regardless so
1: and when you think about it it resembles sort of classic sci-fi in another way namely that it's queer coded because he's clocky here
2: (laughs) get out (laughs)
0: Oh god. Oh, here comes the mic. Okay.
2: I will say I uh... do think one when... This is like this is like skipping ahead a lot. I do think and I'm probably not going to get much pushback on this, but the only thing that drags this story down, and I mean like by the mi- like most <laughs> minuscule amount, like it doesn't bother me that much, is like How much of this is centered around the hybrid, which is where I think both this episode and the next start to falter. Because it's like, if this was just 12 and, you know, him dealing with his recent bullshit with, like, a Shielder and Clara and Clara's death and his own grief and his own trauma, like, that's fucking great. But then they make it into, like, oh, the confessions have to be leading towards the hybrid and especially like like <clears throat> i'm sure we'll get to it that that fucking like punching the mineral harder than diamond scene that 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 sequence fucking slaps that's like basically perfect yeah. but in the back of my head even if, in the back of my if, head it's all like all you'd have to do is invent some bullshit about the hybrid which in the end of hell we know that he was inventing that he knew about it anyway so i'm just like stuff like that detracts from it but it's a credit to the episode that it's so well done that i don't like in this instance i don't even care um because it's like it's so well fucking implemented like everything else is doing all the legwork that the hybrid is just like yeah coasting and it's forgotten I, l-
0: yeah i mean he he also to be fair like he is one stubborn motherfucker uh but yet no there is also the thing that like this is like this is Absolutely, this is JXC tier nitpicking. But like the fact that he punches it instead of like hitting it with a shovel or something that would probably do more damage than his bare fucking fist. Like, you why why, any why tools. it's his fist? Well, no, because he had a shovel earlier.
1: He did you use that? He didn't know the diamond was there. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah he got it's, to
0: the room and he was and, and, he was getting and cornered. It's, and it's and it's dramatic. It's very dramatic.
2: Yes, I understand. Yeah. And yes. again, it's a, it's a great metaphor for like you know, trying and like grief. And every again, everything works here. It's just like small things that it's just like and they're not even logical things like you would normally nitpick. Like the like the time loop that he's basically on about how the rooms keep resetting and each past version is like laying out the coat for the next one or you know, the shovel or whatever bullshit it's like all that stuff Mm -hmm. is intact it's like the one weakness is this one part of the episode that doesn't really even matter until the next episode and then it doesn't so yeah there's there's very little if anything to nitpick here um i was kind of saving this for the end but i guess i i'll drop this that i this is basically like the human nature family of blood like that quality tier for this era to me I think it's like yeah. the best we've had. Yeah, no, um, it
0: is. It is the best. At it least of Capaldi, maybe with
2: Smith combined. I'd have to think about that. Um, no, no, no. This is this is the best. Okay. Yes, No.
0: What I Matt Smith. Matt Smith does have some really good close ones, but yes, no. This is this is still better than all of all of the ones that I would consider Matt Smith's best,
1: yeah. best. What I find really interesting about this episode's pacing is like it's about a, like a fifty-minute episode. I think. And I think around like the yeah. 35 minute mark is when he comes up to the diamond wall. Like, which is really. Is it? It's I... right around then, I think. It's like somewhere between. It's somewhere in there. I'm not sure exactly. I remember. It might be just. That might just be when he finds room 12 or something. I, I don't know. It's somewhere around there. I remember that. And just like. Mm-hmm. because there's more after that point than you expect than in retrospect you think there is yeah. like i definitely thought it was going to come later in the episode which would probably make the earlier part drag a little bit cuz there's only so much he
0: oh yeah yeah no i i see cuz he I don't know, th- uh, thirty-five, maybe not, but like it's it, it's a good it's, ten minutes or so before. Yeah, end. it's
2: it's in the third act, but not where you would expect something like that to be in the third. Yeah, act. yeah, and yeah, the cause really interesting has, is because like
0: he has the scenes before he turns the teleporter back. Mm-hmm. On. Yeah, no, no,
1: because he he gets up to it, and then there's sort of like a moment of pause and like a couple, exchange like internal exchanges and stuff about it. And then, you know, the montage is actually mm. a lot longer than you think, too. Um, I think that's that's mm. probably one of the most impressive parts of the episodes to me, because, like, you don't really expect a montage to go on that long and be entertaining, but they really pace it well. Like, they just sort of, like, ease you into it and then just, like, keep you going and going and going. Um, but, yeah, yeah, and just, like, I really think the, like, crawl to the teleporter is a good length, too, because it really gives you yeah. a sense of, like, he is just agonizing his way there, and then that is surprisingly gory for Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, it is. Too. Like, Top it looks
0: face really is close to like, Yeah, no, it look. He looks like he looks like uh, Dark Knight Two Face, which is like that's surprisingly far for Doctor Who. Yeah,
2: that's
0: that's got some. That's yeah, yeah. that's got some teeth to yeah. it.
2: Now there's and it's and it's at that moment where you realize like all these Chekov's guns are like coming together you're finally getting the armory together shut the fuck up i don't know what that analogy is but it's like it's all it's it's when
1: you finally get the heist crew together and they all say you son of a bitch i'm in
2: exactly obviously but yeah, yeah that whole montage that follows it's like it's impressive how well they balance like the sheer like dread and like how long this is taking, but also, like, making it hopeful, too. And, again, it's, like, it's very... It's very adult and mature on, like, how you deal with, like, living with trauma all those days after that they stay dead. Because there's gonna be plenty of days when you're flat on your ass or you feel like you're punching Diamond or you feel like this fear dream monster is burning your face off but but eventually you like you make a breakthrough and it's like that that's fucking awesome and the 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 story is so the, the story could be so cheesy but like it's i i don't care it's it's so good yeah
0: e- even even if uh what he's going to do in the end once he gets out of there is not the best <laughs> Not not a not a, a little bit of a heated Gaber moment on his part. just <laughs> just Um Anyways.
2: Um Uh moment. Uh Yeah.
0: No. And and just the like, it, it's understandable because, yes, it's this, it's this huge wall. It would be crazy to think that he'd get through it any, any further. But, like, they really managed to make it land with just the continual anti-upping of, like, you know, like, I, like thousands of years to uh, hundreds of thousands to millions of years to over, like, I think the final count that they say in Hellbent is, like, 4.6 billion years which is i think longer than the i i'm not the most uh well uh versed in this but
1: i think is potentially longer than this planet has existed uh earth is about 4.5 billion years old it's about the same age yeah so
0: <clears throat> the entire history of planet earth worth of time which is insane
2: yeah it it manages something that a lot of fiction doesn't because like sci-fi and fantasy shit especially loves to deal with like ten thousand years ago and you know writers a lot of them don't really get the scale of what that means about you know how how much has human civilization substantively changed and it's it's less than a million years old so to be like 10 billion but no it like it really feels with the conceit of how time is passing and the analogy for what like the doctor is practically and emotionally going through it, lands. Um, and it makes you it the montage, even though it's like quick, obviously, it still makes you feel like you've earned that time because, again, there's so many it sticks to those points where he's like barely made any progress or he hasn't made it at all. Um, and then follows him up through like 200 million years, almost a billion years, well over a billion years, over two billion years, like it's. Yeah. You know, it it could almost be, like, again, if not well-so-crafted, it could be, like, seen as repetitive or boring. But, again, just the way of, like, cutting through the different moments of the episode but slightly different with the Doctor saying those, like, amounts of time each time. It's like you believe it and the story and the music. Again, we we could spend, like, the next 20 minutes finding different ways to praise the third act. Oh, yeah,
0: no, I completely... I completely forgot about it. I was going to say that, too. I remember the music really standing out in a way of, like, I don't really notice the background music a lot of the time in Doctor Who episodes. And I think it is, again, another thing of because Capaldi's on his own, all these other elements have to pick up the slack that, like, other characters in a more involved plot would uh, normally carry. But yes, no, the, the music in this episode is also phenomenal. <laughs> I, I believe, like, on the uh, officially released um, soundtrack for Series 9, an entire disc of it is just the music from Heaven Sent, that's... and that's something that no other episode from the series goes. Hell yeah.
2: I, I just thought... This image in my head made me laugh of, like, if Eleven was doing this episode, and the the only song you hear over this is I Am The Doctor.
0: No! No! <laughs> no nightmare nightmare nightmare
2: <laughs> i get, i do not believe he could punch through that wall i i believe it with 12 who looks like 40 years he'd point older he point but...
0: his he'd point his fucking he'd point his fucking sonic screwdriver at it and it would just disintegrate because that was moffat during his hack period
2: yeah he doesn't have his well no he Twelve has his shades because I know he pulls them out to look at the uh, yeah the fucking raw wall of ceruleum. I, I don't fucking yeah. know what the make at the is. very yeah. end.
0: It's it's some stupid fucking made up. Yeah. Anyways, yes, no, it's great, and you know what's also great? Fucking hell, bent Um, so... I'm leaving. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I. I so this framing device here, the framing device here of the the diner I, this is this is like so, as I said, I don't think this is as perfect as the last one, obviously, I think it has some really strong moments, but like some of the diner stuff, and there's. They, like, I will say one thing that I did like is, like, there was a point when they were running around in the fucking cloisters where I literally said at the screen, this is filler. And, like, right as I was saying that, they stopped doing that and moved it on to the next proper plot beat. So I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. We don't have cuz I was worried cuz I I also have not seen this episode in a long time. I was also worried that that was just going to become like the next 10 minutes of the episode and just suck like a fifth of the runtime away. Yeah. But no, it's not. It's not more than like five.
2: Um the diner conceit is something I'm okay with in principle for reasons I'll get to later. I do think it would be more effective if this was, like, uh. one of Clara's echoes from when she jumped into the time stream and did all that bullshit. Yes, but that
0: would require Stephen Moffat to acknowledge that plot point, which he never does yeah, again. I know,
2: but I'm sad. <laughs> but still, like, it'd be cool to, like... I don't know. That, that would also kind of create some problems because she could be like, oh, my name is Clara, <laughs> and then, you know, you get... Or, you know, I don't know. Have her have a different name. I don't fucking know. But it... it it would it would be interesting to me if like th- there was an element of like where both of them didn't know each other because Clara clearly yeah. does and the mystery that's supposed to evoke in the at the beginning is why that is and
0: then we don't have to de- and then we don't have to deal with the one uh, bum note of uh, the the conclusion but we'll we'll get there later um, yeah no you'd anyways. have to change a
2: bunch of things to make the the echo idea work but at the at the start of it I was just like. You know, if you're if you're going to be self-indulgent, at least do it in like a tasteful way, which I know that's not how it yeah. works, but I can dream. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh that being said, that uh cherry red SG with the uh vibrato arm that he has for a guitar in this episode instead of his usual uh I think it's like a Yamaha. That that's that's bitchin'. That's great. In fact, I think I literally have the uh promotional image uh, I, I think, well, actually not, not anymore. Cause I changed up, but before I started using a wallpaper engine on my PC, um, one of the computer wallpapers that I'd have rotating through is the promotional image, which is him with the, the sunglasses and the all black and the SG standing in front of like the, the great city of Gallifrey. That
1: is pretty hard. Cause that,
0: yeah, that, yeah, that, go, that, that is an image that goes hard.
1: I will say I, I, I I like the diner. You know, this might just be us being Moffat dick writers. uh, but I think it's always nice fine, I'm an RTD dick writer. When when, you know, bits of the the MCU that is the Moffat cinematic universe come back into play. So
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean if this was R T D doing it, I'd soy face. So
2: (laughs) You're
1: like, I gotta I I gotta hand it to a fellow dick writer.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm uh Dick Ryder a dick rider. I respect because...
1: the fanboying.
2: I'm I'm not gay because in the Greek sense of the word, you're not you're not gay if you talk so um s- sorry. Sorry, gamers. <laughs> um a set, yeah. again, another nitpick. This doesn't matter, but it's just like Okay, so if you were here with Amy and Rory, was that Clara's TARDIS that time, or was it a real? No, but it couldn't have been. No, the...
0: it's just supposed to be a replica. Yeah, yeah I think. It was... It's it's just them hand waving that they're reusing the set. Yeah,
2: pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I don't know why they would still have that set. Maybe another show is using it. I have no goddamn idea. Uh,
0: Doctor Who experience, maybe. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, could be. Um yeah I don't know the the framing device of going of going through uh Clara with the diner is um is interesting ultimately, I don't think it really adds much until the very end, so you kind of have mm-hmm. to wait for it to have like an impact on the framing of the story, but it's 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 serviceable um I didn't hate when we cut back to it yeah, yeah absolutely. Um.
0: yeah now and we move into the first kind of uh chunk of this episode here which i i i usually you know take a poke around at some uh reviews of the time and see what people thought and i was surprised to see that people uh didn't like this bit uh because i think it's really funny and so true uh that in this uh episode rassilon is portrayed as a decrepit gibbering pompous idiot who even his subordinates don't respect him at this point so i think that's great
1: i feel like we're missing a lot of context on rassilon i assume there's like a lot of classic and like extended material giving context he's for him. always
0: kind of been a he's always kind of been a pompous shit and i feel like more times that in in terms of raw appearances there have been more appearances where he's been in an antagonistic role than in a non-antagonistic role um but also if you just even follow like on-screen continuity if you go from like timothy dalton who's like chewing the scenery and is like we will become beings of pure energy to escape the time war uh, and then he gets like punked by a reanimated corpse who was yelling about meat like an hour ago, and had just turned the entirety of the Earth's population into himself. Um, I feel like they would they they and they would have just been like no, nah. and and then also the the moment happened and the doctor saved everyone. Um, so that too. Also, I believe in lore, um, canonically. Um I believe it is stated that uh Sim Master uh prior, I I believe it because Sim Master goes through the portal with them uh at the end of end of time and then when he appears later in uh Dr Falls World nothing Time, he's just like there. um, I believe at least in some expanded universe material, uh, it is stated that the master went through the portal, Um, and then like, just like very slowly and intentionally like injured and then burned off another one of Rassilon's lives. And at that point they were just like, get the, get the fuck out of here. Go away. (laughs) Get out of here. so
1: like That's why why the master is still around. Rassilon is just like, what's his deal? I don't understand his deal though. Like, why is he the president?
0: Because he was one of the, fa- he was literally one of the founders of Time Lord society. Okay, gotcha. Like, he, along with Tec- Tec- he was. <laughs> Shut the fuck up about Tecte'un. <laughs> Shut <laughs> the fuck up! God damn it! Um, no, yeah. One of the the engine, one of the engineers of uh, regeneration and stuff. Gotcha. And From he was timeless
1: child, right? <laughs>
2: he was rassilon was um like Mm reanimated somehow in the events of the time war because they were like shit we need we need our architect we need a big strong man to come and save us because we're fascist he even comes back um
0: he even comes back in some some eight stuff yeah like, around, around Z- Zagreus and stuff. So, like, he had already been brought okay. back. That was the thing that had
2: already happened. But, Different I mean, continuity.
0: Th- there's, you know, nebulous, yeah, nebulous continuities. But, like, yeah, people had already been like, yeah, we're going to bring him back and make him a piece of shit. I will
2: say, in in some aspects, I like how just toothless Rassilon is here. Like, we see we see yes. the glove that he used to do, like, fucking everything. And it's just, like, it it doesn't work. Or he's just, like...
0: He doesn't even get a chance to do it because he immediately gets deposed. Yeah,
2: and part of me part of me wishes, because apparently they did reach out to Timothy Dalton to reprise his role for this, which would have been fucking baller if they could have gotten him to do that on, like, a regular-ass I, finale I episode of TV. I,
0: I don't think Timothy Dalton would have been able to, like, embody the same—what's <sighs> the word— impotence
2: yeah like
0: the 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 guy that they got and the, the way that they play it is much more like yes he still has some of the the bluster of timothy dalton but he's he's all bark and no bite he's just a a raving old man that nobody respects anymore
2: yeah no i i could see that the the one thing and maybe this is the point is just like when he's you know, face-to-face against 12, it's, like, it's obvious who's more intimidating there. Um, and if if yes. Timothy Dalton was there, I feel like that energy could have, like, more been matched. But ultimately, like, it it is funny. For how big of a return to Gallifrey this is for, like, the series, like, what a landmark moment this is, a lot of the, like, quote-unquote, like, sacred cows are pretty easily, like thrown away with which i think was an original Mm -hmm. complaint of mine that it was just like oh you know they waste their time going back to gallifrey they wasted it on like stupid clara and the hybrid and wah 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 and like yeah it's it's still not great that they basically ignore the impact of gallifrey or at least they don't touch on it as much as i would like but it's like When I was watching this this time, I was just like, yes, get rid of Rassilon. Let's have him fuck off. We don't need him. Let's continue with the story. So, like, there's...
0: (laughs) And, I mean, I think... So, I think, like, it is an intentional thing on the part of the episode. Like, it feels like it's going to set up for big Doctor Who finale thing. And I, I have to give it credit for this. Um, because it bucks the trend of, like, pretty much every other major finale. Aside from the Series 11 one, but that barely doesn't even count, so we don't fucking talk about that. Um, um it, it bucks this trend by being like, oh, it's going to be big and bombastic, and the Doctor's pissed, and he's out for revenge, and he's going on Gallifrey. Uh, but then it just kind of decides to just toss that out. And it is, in general, I I think... One of the, I think one of the things um, that I I I guess I'll say I'll, I I don't think people necessarily got is that this episode is much more thematic than it is literal. I do like that's that's the that's the whole thing with the resolution of the hybrid. The hybrid isn't this insane big bad thing the hybrid is literally explicitly stated to be a metaphor for the toxicity of 12 and clara's relationship that is in the text
2: i do agree with that and that's why i like this episode a bit more than i used to however i think the episode has a little bit of tries to have its cake and eat it too because yeah because they have been building up the hybrid with, like, these name drops and acting, like, especially in the last episode, acting as if it's a literal thing of, like, half Dalek, half Time Lord, or half two warrior races. And it's just, like, I would be more forgiving and more, like, all in on the metaphor if they didn't try so hard to build it up like it's not. Yeah. Um, Which is they, my They main... went a
0: little bit too hard on yeah, it. Which yeah, which is my
2: main <laughs> problem. Because if you because to me it's like you can have the metaphor or the the plot point the themes whatever of like Clara and 12's relationship becoming like too toxic you don't have to create like a five star SAT vocab word for that um yeah it's just yeah it's different things it's like i don't know if if um if torchwood ended up being like a metaphor for like how dangerous 10 and Rose are together when they're horny. Like, I would have been like, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess you could do that. Sparks
0: but... <laughs> fly.
2: <laughs> it's like, I guess you could do that, but why not just do the thing? Um, is kind of yeah. my position yeah. on it. Um, but yeah, no, I do like, I, I, I do I like do, how yeah. when the, um, it's not completely done away with because there's still that stupid, like, end scene with me. But it's almost like as soon as the yeah. doctor gets to the extraction chamber and gets Clara, he drops the pretense that the hybrid is something important to worry about. Like, that's gone yeah. for most of it yeah. until that one scene at the very end. And I do give the episode some credit for that, just not all the credit, because, again, this has been, like, a series-long build-up or, like, <clears throat> attempted build-up. um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And also, I will admit, I have no problem uh, with, like, the first, like, 15 minutes of this episode just being the doctor, like, refusing to give, like, soldiers or politicians any time of day. Just, like, turning back around and being like, nah, nah, and just going and sit Like, that's, that's great. I have zero mm-hmm. complaints about mm-hmm. that. That's great. Absolutely none. <laughs> Um. I, also, the the amazing line where Rassilon's like, "What is he doing? What does he want? Revenge?" and and the sisterhood of Karn Lady is like, "The Doctor does not blame Gallifrey for the horrors of the Time War. He just blames you." I
1: thought you were <laughs> gonna say the other line where it's like, "What's his plan?" and she says, "I think he's finishing his soup." Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was That's good. good. Yeah. A fucking.
1: Um, um. I don't know. I. I. I, I think. <sighs> I I get why people were disappointed by this episode because they sort of, like, bought into the big Gallifrey hype, which, like, we were definitely hyped when this came out because it was like, holy shit, they're finally back to Gallifrey. And, you know, at that point, it's been, like, ten years.
2: yeah.
1: Ten years of the show and, and like, 20-something years of, like, in actuality. And I feel like... yeah. And I feel like the episode very deliberately plays against those expectations Yeah. because it's like, no, of course the doctor is not going to go back to Gallifrey and like fix everything and have a happy ending. He only goes back because yeah. he's like having a midlife crisis about some shit and just wants to <laughs> fuck some yeah. shit up. And I feel like they very explicitly address that, like in the episode like where they're like, you know, the doctor is finally back to Gallifrey. What do you think he's going to do? Grab a TARDIS and run away
2: yeah i do think
0: that's yeah and it it very explicitly as i said it it plays with the expectations of what literally every other series finale before this Mm -hmm. so eight seasons worth was they were all these big bombastic flashy action set pieces and this very deliberately bucks that trend. Yeah, and I think it's also something. It's also something that uh, I feel like Series Ten does, though, to a lesser extent. And in that case, what it does is it plays, it plays more into horror, and it plays. It also does play more into character study. Like a significant chunk of the Doctor's Falls is just people talking. Um,
2: yeah, but, yeah. I do think there's a bit of mixed messaging when it comes to, like obviously the 50th is full of like bullshit but like the 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 uh the like ending i guess sentiment is that he wants to find his home planet again um and then Uh it's even more driven like we know that carries through to 12 because we see his like very violent emotional reaction when he can't find it at the end of series 8 so it's like again i i agree and i like in some ways that it's like it's not all about like fandom like fantasy fulfillment but it just i think the beginning where he's like laying down in like the bed and eating soup i think that's supposed to stand in for him like enjoying and just like taking time to himself to enjoy being back on his home planet um but like that's that's very like i kind of have to reach for that you know so it's like there's been some history of build up if if it was just like within this series and he like he knew he found gallifrey but he was just like yeah i'm sure they're fine and that wasn't really a thing like i'd buy this more but it seemed like after the 50th and especially in that ending scene in like series eight that he that it that it mattered to him a bit more so yeah that's just like a it's a more nitpicky thing because we move beyond that pretty quickly (laughs) it's just something i noticed
0: Honestly, I kind of feel like, uh, I I, I mean, I feel like you could read his reaction at the end of series eight as almost more him being really mad, like upset that Missy lied to him. Sure then of like i like it, it, it based on how the doctor's attitude towards gallifrey has been i feel like it's not a stretch even if it's not necessarily what the original authorial intent was it's not a stretch to assume that he's more mad about a truck um, not trusted friend but a friend of the the caliper that, that Missy is lying to him than it is, like, the fact that Gallifrey yeah. itself wasn't
2: there. Yeah, and it could also be, like, a... Because Ten talks about, like, he kind of romanticizes Gallifrey, especially to Martha, but we see, like, at the very end of time that, like, he knows how bad it's... How bad it is. So it can, it can be one of those, like, sort of complicated aspects of trauma where you, like, you miss something but you know like if you're like confronted with that thing again you like fucking despise it or it's like it's not the same mm. as you have like this imagined object of what that thing is in your mind again we're we're really getting into the weeds here of like the doctor's motivations yeah. with gallifrey it's just and also
0: they really they trapped him in a torture chamber e- for 4.6 e- yeah million that years, could so that could i'd be kind of pissed at my hometown if they did that to me too yeah yeah <laughs> Welcome to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so true, Bestie. Uh
2: god. <clears throat>
0: um.
1: Now I now I do just want to see a, an adaptation of this episode that's just like like the story the doctor was telling to Clara. And it's just like, mm-hmm. but it's about a fucking small town in Ohio. <laughs>
0: no, the really funny thing where he she uh, she asks his hometown, he's like, "Yeah, so happened in my hometown." And she's like, "Glasgow." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, kind of." <laughs> Space Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, so yeah, yeah, no, the the pretense is dropped. Um, and yeah it it feels like i honestly it does feel like this interesting parallel back to the time lord victorious because it's the same thing of like at this point it is playing into this the 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 hubris of the position that the revival series doctor has been placed in where in this case even where the time lord still exists it's not even a i'm the only time lord left now but it is a I've helped these people out. I have done so much for the universe. I can be above everyone else. It is that temptation that he gives into. Yeah.
2: He goes he goes uh full yandere. is what happens. Yeah, yeah. here. Um
0: <laughs> um
2: No, yeah, that's that's and, the scene yeah, where and, the episode kind of shifts its focus into like what the real It's kind of a bait and, it's it's a bait and switch and it it starts to get into the like really good stuff here i remember i used to be like ass mad it's just like the doctor shot the general uh that's not very doctorly and that was just like you fucking moron that's the point um literally the point i i will call bullshit though um the the general regenerates with eye makeup on fuck you that that's stupid um no they they
0: went through the yesification process
2: oh sure yeah (laughs)
1: Wait, when you think about Since it, that was addition. that was her 11th regeneration. Jody Al- so it's basically the same as Matt Smith coming out. Did they say it was her 11th? Yeah, because he said, cause, oh no, wait. He said, what regeneration? And he said 10th. I assume that meant that he was currently on his 10th. Oh. And so then he was regenerating yeah. to his 11th, which would be. So yeah. it's his Matt Smith. Yeah. So it's like the 11th is yeah. the gasification regeneration. I'm playing off your joke here.
2: Okay. there's, there's All some right. All right. There's 11 some... is
1: like the yassified 10 that's my joke
2: I also re- I also remember <laughs> actually correct god damn it here's some reddit gold for that one mate um but <laughs> wholesome Keanu Chungus I, re- I, re- I remember in this era I was kind of in my like classical liberal like thinking Dave Rubin was a smart person phase oh. <laughs> I know I, I know that
0: that was cringe i know that was
2: cringe man i i fucking know that now um but but i remember like reacting with cringe at the whole like oh my first regeneration as a man how do you deal with all that ego and i was just that like, is a little cringe
0: it's it's a little i think it's a little so bit here's cringe. the thing here's the thing yeah it's it's because it's moffat it's it's because it's Moffat writing it. It would be it would depending on the if it was a woman writing on writing it depending on the woman it would be like less cringe. But because it's Moffat, it's like, dude, you're a forty year old <laughs> cis man. Shut the fuck up.
2: But yeah, I I remember. I think at the time, I was like, oh, you know, the woke liberal. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby, baby brain. Um. Uh, neoconservative bullshit, but but now, I've gone far enough left that I can still hate liberal identity politics, and isn't that the best character arc ever? Um, but yeah, it was... Just, um, and again, it's just like, this this episode, t- to bring it somewhat on topic, it's like, there's great moments of, like, Clara realizing she's dead, or, like, frozen, and then there's just, like, my, my main problem with Hellbent, in a nutshell, is that there's just, like, it's intermittent, like, cringe all throughout... Like, every time yeah. I'm enjoying myself and, like, really sinking my teeth into it. And I want to, because Heaven Sent was, you know, fucking Kino, Pogger, Swag, S-tier bullshit. And then this is this. <laughs> so it's like, okay, great, Clara and 12, we're gonna get some really good character meat here. And then a scene of the general who's now a woman. And we have to comment on the fact that she's now a woman, I guess. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, like, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like I cringe, I, I went into, like, cringe mode it's not, it's not bad,
2: there's, there's no moment in this episode, to be clear, that is anywhere near the, the type of, like, neoliberal, um, cringe that is the Chibnall era, okay, (laughs) that, that those those levels of of cringe do not exist in this era but it, it's just like small moments that like sort of like take me out like oh okay and then we keep going so it it's weird
0: um yeah okay uh so um yeah they go they go into the cloisters and yeah this this little bit <laughs> like this scene, I was like, "Oh, like this is a little bit fillery, but because it's just, it's, it's just kind of some set dressing. It's, it's fine."
1: Yeah, um, it's like it's like yeah. a minute. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they
2: show fine. some monsters um, for no reason. They're yeah. just like, "Yeah, these yeah, exist." Yeah. It's Doctor Who, No, they're remember? trailer shots. They're trailer <laughs> shots. That's that's what they are. They're, <laughs> they're trailer bait.
1: Oh, the angels are gonna be in this episode. Aren't you excited?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's trailer bait. That is such trailer bait. Um. But yeah, no, and, and, but it really starts to get into the meat here, uh, where they're trying to escape, and she's like, wait, so how long were you in there? And he goes, like, yeah, 4.6 billion, and she just is like, why the fuck did you do that? (laughs) What is wrong with you? You could have just made up some shit and gotten out.
2: Yeah. And it's very, it's very, like, reminiscent of, like, Grieving and moving on because even even if we'll never be in that situation with a formerly dead relative at, At least I hope you haven't because if you do you might need to talk to somebody, but It's still like if you're going through a process where like you're grieving the loss of a friendship or you know through Drugs or whatever situation you've like isolated yourself from like someone who used to mean a lot to you and i've been in this situation where you like beat yourself up over it and you come back and to them it's like obviously they haven't died but they're you know the reaction more often than not is just like you you didn't move on why why did you why were you in this cycle for so long like what the fuck bro and it's i don't know it's it's nice to see that after after having lived through some more shit and you know psyche splintering off into different personalities you know your usual tuesday it's like <laughs> um i don't know it's 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 a scene that like is surprisingly resonant and again something i don't think younger us like gave credit to the episode probably because i was still um raging out over like i don't know gallifrey bullshit or whatever it's it's a nice moment
0: Mm Mhm. yeah um and then yeah you know steals the time machine runs away and this is this part here is where i think it really clicks like before it was fine this is where it runs in the point of like oh yes i i am a hell-bent defender i will defend the shit out of this this is really good um like i i'm not gonna lie i think earlier on we we had said that we thought that uh like me's best like performance or appearance was in like one of the two. I'm actually gonna buck that trend and say I think she works best here. Even if. Yeah, no, I, I, I like how she's used here. Where she's she admittedly, yes, she is just used to be a the person to talk about how the doctor fucked up. But I don't mind it, and I I think the banter between these two immortals works really well especially because the implication is is that she's actually she didn't like hop a time machine she took the long way around too
2: yeah no i i think aside from like the hybrid dialogue and it's it's very awkward where they're just like i have a theory well i have another theory and then me's like well i have also i have another theory a game theory and then it you know devolves from there um but no yeah it's 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 good i think it's a nitpick i don't really like what the character is wearing but i also like really don't care um (laughs) yeah i would say it's her best performance and it's she finally feels definitively on 12's level um and i do think you know as shitty as it is that she's not the one to fully convince him that he's on the wrong path like he's acknowledged it but he's already like, I've screwed up, but don't worry. I'm going to I'm going to Donna don 2.0 this bitch. It's fine. Um, yeah.
0: You know, and he literally just goes like, yeah, I've done it before. I'll do it again. And she's like, wait, no, no. F- what the fuck? That's really fucked up.
2: Yeah. But like,
0: and and I, I think it is. I like as as I said, I think this this also works very well as kind of a a look back at that and going like, actually, no, that's really fucked up. And it being the doctor's turn to forget this time
2: yeah i'll have i'll have more to say about that but yeah the the scene between them two barring the like hybrid theory crafting on their youtube channel is fine (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i i i still think the hybrid stuff is kind of dumb i don't know because like the whole thing is like it's supposed to like stand on the ruins of gallifrey or whatever but they just kind of like get rid of some elites and then fuck off i mean Apparently there's Well, I mean,
0: so here's the thing, right? I think the entire point is that they were making a fuss about ultimately not very much. But yes, no, <laughs> I, I think I don't think the episode definitely necessarily does the best job of yeah. communicating that. It does it does, I think, properly and well communicate that in actuality the hybrid is a metaphor for <clears throat> the toxicity of 12 and Clara's relationship, but I don't think it properly um, it properly shows or qualifies elsewhere that the Time Lords were really silly for getting so fucking worked up about this. Which is, I think, ultimately the other point of, like, this... Mm-hmm. This they were, they were getting their panties in a twist <laughs> over nothing.
2: Yeah. I do think that's correct <clears throat> commentary that can be, like... I mean, even fucking Harry Potter tried to do this with, like, the only reason Voldemort <laughs> created Harry Potter is because he heard the prophecy about someone who would destroy him, like, basically, Why making the plan come to Why did you have to bring to JK Rowling into look, this? Why did you have to do look, it? it's... It's not in my contract. We were having a good time. We were having a good time. Don't worry, I have a Chibnall reference. When you, you think
1: about it, um, Rassilon is kind of a Slytherin.
2: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I would not go that far. Um, my my point is, Beating me to death think... against a rock. I th- I think there isn't enough commentary. Again, it's, it's like that mm-hmm. double-edged sword. It's just like they're clearly focusing on the thematic side of, like, the interpersonal, like, 12 Clara thing. And there's not any really given to, like, what Gallifrey's deal is. And the episode's not trying to do that. But if the episode's not trying to do something but you, like, sprinkle a little bit of what it could be doing, then people are just gonna be like, well, okay, why didn't you do that better? Like, <laughs> it it's just gonna happen, but again, yeah, the hybrid stuff at this point is, like, so brief. Um, it, it basically like, all melts away after um, me's, like, I have a theory thing. Um, then it, it goes, we, we transfer the scene, um, mm-hmm. back into the TARDIS. Um, and that's probably my favorite scene in the episode um yeah no yeah it's it's definitely my favorite scene in the episode yeah absolutely
0: um yeah uh and then yeah the doctor eventually is real that he's the ones that forgets and they they move on to this this last bit here and so here's the thing here's the thing clara and a shielder set off um to explore the universe and probably let's be real here be gay do crimes
1: yeah they were they were so
0: yeah they they fuck
1: um they crazy uh, fuck
0: yeah uh and then uh so here's the thing clara doesn't go back to die on screen she does do it at some point and she shows up in twice upon a time through the uh the memory project or whatever, what? showing that she did eventually do it. No, she doesn't go back to die on screen. It happens entirely off screen. Yeah. But this is her last appearance. Which again, yeah.
1: But like it's, we it's, remember it's, that sh- happened. What do we have either
0: either you are missing? You fake might be misremembering you might be misremembering because she shows up Systems in twice. Systems fake upon memories that never happens. Yet? But yeah, what's? But yeah. wait, what's? What's yeah, twice no, upon no, time again? That's the 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 one with the like 12's final episode with uh one, uh and Bill and Nardole where it's like the, you meet you run into the the project that's like got that like we haven't seen that episode. I don't know. Is, oh well. okay? Yeah, <laughs> then yeah. No, you completely made that up. She doesn't go back to die on screen. It happens entirely off screen. No,
1: we genuinely have like very clear memories of a scene where she, like, they're back in the like white room and she insists to the doctor she has to go back and then she goes back and the doctor. Well, she
0: insists, she insists to the doctor that she has to go back in that
1: first scene. Yeah. And I guess, but she doesn't actually do it. I guess my brain just like inserted that as an ending at some point.
0: What the fuck? Yeah, no, it doesn't, and that is that is kind of the thing of like, Moffat can't help himself. I do kind of understand, like, on the one hand, like I I do kind of see what he was getting at with the memory wipe <clears throat> ending over her just leaving and going back, and I think it works well as a kind of this for the nature of the relationship that neither of them know which one it's going to be until the end, but. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, he can't help himself. She probably should have just immediately gone back or had the resolution to it being she gone back. However, I don't think that's enough to be like a really bad damper on the episode. Like, it's a problem, but it doesn't like completely. No, like, I like this ending.
1: Me. I was genuinely just like, like, I genuinely, I love this ending. I was just shocked yeah. because I remembered her going back. Like, we have a very clear memory of this, and it's just... Oh, boy.
2: It feels, Memory's a bitch. Yeah, it, it feels very, like... Again, it, it's, a, it's being too self-indulgent. It felt like this... It felt like the ending where Clara and me, you know keep the TARDIS and get it stuck as an Americana diner and be gay do crime that feels like an AO3 fix it fic to me um and not not that I don't enjoy characters being gay and doing crime but it feel it undercuts what the lesson I think is supposed to be of of everything this episode is trying to do, because even even with all the hybrid bullshit, like, even with all that, if if the episode had ended with, like, 12 forgetting or her going back, like, I'd honestly prefer if 12 didn't forget and he had to just, like, move on with the knowledge that, like, Clara is dead and she's going back and he can't do anything about it. Like, to me, that would grant some finality <laughs> over that, like, lesson and ending, And here it's just like, I don't know the motivation for Clara to keep going because she's already said that she's dead and she accepted it and she needs to go back for the stability of space time, you know, small things like that. And then me, it seemed like her whole thing was like, she didn't want to keep going, but now she does. Even though, presumably, she's been, like, doing, like, stuff helping people, like, at that, like, Diagon Alley knockoff. Again, sorry, Harry Potter Mm -hmm. reference. But, like, I don't know. It just feels like, at the last moment, they had to be like, okay, but we need to make this, like, happier for them. And, yeah, I don't think I would have as big of an issue. Even with all of that being said, I think I could have let it go if bill's ending isn't basically the same like in terms of like what she physically ends up doing with her life after mm-hmm. the doctor it's like travel with your lesbian girlfriend after death and then travel with your lesbian girlfriend after death it's just like yeah why did you know i think like, twice? it like he
0: does it twice but the second time it actually
2: works no yeah that so time I think part, that time I think, it works yeah. but the fact that they did it the first time means it's like detracts from Clara's ending and it detracts from Bill's ending. So I'm just watching No, it's
0: because he literally he literally can't help himself. Even in Amy and Rory, they're not dead. They're just separated for some weird, unspecific reason. He can't bring himself to actually genuinely have a downer like a permanent downer ending or someone actually genuinely like dying in the same way. He can't. He literally can't do it. He never does it once.
2: Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about I've I've had my ups and downs with like how Moffat is explicitly in series 5 treats Doctor tale. Who as yeah. a as a fairy, fairy tale. tale yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I think that's kind of been explored to its furthest extent. I think the fact that he kept being like, well, you know, it's Doctor Who, it can be scary, but in the end, you know, the good guys always win and people always <laughs> live. It's just like that's fine if that's your ethos, but don't keep baiting it if you're never going to follow through, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: yeah anyways i'm about ready uh to move on to uh ratings we've been going for about an hour i'll just throw in one last
1: thing defending the ending yeah okay um yeah i i i I get that there's a sense that it undermines it and i think definitely knowing that she doesn't go back um okay apparently my the friend i watched it with also remembered that the clara in the diner was a time stream copy and that she went back to die. So I think she and I have been—we're li- living in the same Mandela effect universe, and we we, we yeah. both just slipped honestly, into this one together.
0: Honestly, I'd like to be in your parallel universe. Yeah,
1: so. I do think that's a like a slight—it's a, it's a, it's a that's a better ending. I think if that Clara was just like one of her yeah. time stream copies, and he was just going inventing to yeah. her and like. And then at the end, we see that Clara did actually go back in. I like that ending more. The one that my brain apparently made up slash remembers from the Mandela Effect universe we're apparently from. Um, But I I think I'm okay with this ending. Like, I don't know. I think it would have been good if we do see Clara go back eventually. But eh. It doesn't bother me too much. I think it's a sensible enough ending that she like has the time in between now and her next heartbeat to go do whatever the fuck she wants. Um, and she doesn't get to be with the doctor. So it's a fitting enough resolution, I think. And me sort of gets her ending too. So whatever. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. the best yeah. ending, I think, but it's just sort of like a, yeah, it works. And I don't think it so, totally like yeah. ruins the rest of the episode for me, or any of Clara's arc, really.
2: Yeah. So yeah. over time, <clears throat> I like I like to keep a running tally of things that the Timeless Child retroactively ruins. Fuck. <laughs> um. So the fact that I'm I'm thinking right now, it's just like fucking imagine if the time like the master Dewan Master has his like hissy fit that he's no longer mommy's special boy or whatever. Um, and then he destroys Gallifrey, and it's just, like, and Clara's finally, like, okay, time to go back to my time stream, and the extraction room, and everything is just in fucking ruins, and she's, like, oh, no, I, I went, I went too long, I took the longest way around, oh, no, and just, I, obviously, she went back before that happened, or the Timeless Child is in canon, take your pick, um, the Timeless Child is, is, is not canon. But um, I will, and another thing I will say, you know, there's, in this episode, um, this is the last thing I'll say before we get to ratings. It, it, in this episode, the mother, like, superior, or whatever the fuck her title is, of the, of the Sisterhood of Karn calls the Doctor Boy. And I, I I would just like to think this is a trend of Doctor Who showrunners starting with RTD. Being like, could this character be his mom, or could this character be his mom? And you know, Moffat credit... basically
0: said like, yeah, if you sure, you can assume it's the same person from End of Time if you want to. Sure, whatever. Yeah, and then,
2: <laughs> but no, Chad Chad Chris Chibnall coming in and saying, no, Tecteun is the Doctor's adopted mom. Uh... So. <laughs>
1: I don't get I love, don't have to be burdened with this knowledge. I don't have to know. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One I'm day, living out I'm, it's coming for you. I am living. Yeah, I know we're my we're, freest we, we're life. I have to watch it. We're gonna have to watch it for the podcast. No, we're not. We, we ha- said we're not yes, fucking yes, doing
1: we Chibnall. We're not fucking doing Chibnall. No, no,
0: no. We're not doing in-depth Chibnall, but we're going to do a little bit of it. Oh yeah.
2: my god, Just like his, an his best and worst, i.e., yeah. mainly his worst. Um, yeah, his adequate and his worst.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. We gotta wrap this. Yeah. up. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. No. I think. It is it was high past time that they finally tried to like do something different with series finales. Um some people may think it didn't necessarily work out here. I think even with a slightly dodgier second part, it still works out great. I'd still give this like an I feel like I feel like I can't quite give it an S and that would be reserved for next season finale, but I can at the very least give it like a solid A plus. It's it's really solid.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know, I think normally we rate, um, we rate, we kind of rate stories together. I'm gonna break this rule just because, like, <laughs> hell, Hellbent deserves the fucking, not Hellbent, maybe to you, Heaven Sent deserves the fucking 10 out of 10. Um, it is absolutely masterful TV, works as a Doctor Who episode, works as a general, like, sci-fi, like, Twilight Zone era commentary and exploration of trauma and grief um hellbent is also there (laughs) um but no it's it's pretty it's pretty damn it's pretty damn good um it stumbles in some areas but overall i had an entertaining and somewhat emotionally fulfilling time i'd probably give uh hellbent a um a let's say like a solid eight out of ten
1: yeah i would um i mean heaven sent yeah it's just it's an absolute clockwork it's the third time i've made that joke but i'm gonna keep making it it's really good and i love it um yeah i mean it's just an easy 10 out of 10 it's just so tight it's so well put together and i would say hellbent is like it's pretty good it's the way, the ending's a little weird apparently in this Mandela timeline but eh I think the episode as a whole still works it's 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 good I liked the story I liked the emotional beats throughout it I don't think the ending ruins it the ending is weird I like my ending more where we learn that the Clara in the diner is yeah. a time one of her time stream copies that the doctor was just venting to and then we see that Clara goes back And dies and he has to deal with that but whatever you know i think that version would maybe be more of like an 8.25 and this version is like a 7.5 so just saying my brain wrote a better episode than this without me knowing um yeah the end
0: yep all right yeah um so next week we will be discussing uh husband's river song which i'm very excited about because that's one of my favorites um but uh until then uh you can follow the podcast on twitter at b2tardust pod you can support us on patreon for a number of benefits such as early access to episodes the ability to listen in live to episodes during recorded and potentially even the ability to guest star upon an episode <coughs> of your choosing i'm jeff you can follow me on twitter at wheelie dl
2: Uh, I- I'm- I'm the hybrid, guys. It's me. Um, otherwise known as a Switch. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, um, Ahora Borealis. (laughs) I've changed it.
0: Oh my GOD! (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Okay, all right.
1: Uh, I'm Looming. You unfortunately cannot follow me on Twitter again because I am permanently banned. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) They got you. Yeah, we (laughs) forgot to censor tranny. Oh, dear. All right. Yeah.
0: 1984. And we will see you all next week.